do this. We're doing. We're doing. <laughs> we're doing part. We're doing part two. Uh, yep, we're wearing the same shirts. But guess what? Uh, you guys are probably coming back here after a couple weeks. This is not a lack of wardrobe on either of our parts. This is just the fact that it's musician life. That's right, man. We just we yeah we're recording back to back today just because we wanted we couldn't pick between whether we wanted to do Rubber Soul or Sergeant Pepper. So we're doing both today uh, or whatever, however many weeks apart. And um, okay, so once again, I have Justin Rice here on the scratch track. Guys, welcome. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for subscribing. If you haven't already, please do that on the YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram, the Scratch Track Podcast. And you can follow me, uh, Josh Plummer Music, on Instagram and Facebook, or you can friend me. Don't do that, though. I won't respond. No, I'm kidding. You can do that. It's fine. I'm not topped out on my friends list yet. I don't have that many. So, yeah, Josh Plummer on Facebook, too. That's where I post all my shit, so you can find that. And uh, I'm going to hand it over to Justin. Plug your stuff again for us one more time, please. Hey, everybody. My name is Justin. I play for a band called Guava Train. We play everything from funk, reggae, rock, blues, soul to Brazilian bossa nova. Please check us out on Instagram at Guava Train Official is the name. Same as on Facebook, Guava Train Official. Give us a like. Give us a follow. It really helps us out in this dark time for the local music industry. And uh, we put on a good show. We've got a lot of different instruments, uh, flute, sax, um, you know, vocal harmonies. We've got the full band sometimes and duos other times. So we're pretty, pretty diverse and play covers as well as original music. So check us out and hopefully you enjoy and enjoy the good vibes. Yeah, man, they they do put on a great show um, and they're a good follow on Instagram. Like I said in the last episode that we did together, um, it's it's great. Um, you guys post regularly. You got a lot of in the the footage that you guys got was awesome. Thanks. Yeah, it's we're really definitely good. building it up. That's thanks to Morefield Visuals, my friend. Good, really my good, friend good stuff. I need to. I need to get in touch with those guys because I need. He's to, the man. Yeah, independent I, too. I, yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I need to just Went get to some. UCF I just need to get some better video. Yeah. Oh, he's the man stuff, for you know that. I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. Because like I get all these videos from people that like I love. I love. Keep sending the videos when you when you see me performing and stuff. But the problem is when I go to post them, by the time they are shared and whatever, like the the it just. The resolution just gets so bogged down with how many oh, times yeah, it's been yeah. filtered through sending via text or whatever, Facebook tagging or email. And then will, it's just like, will, will yeah. diminish the quality too. I'm like, yeah. what the hell? This looks great yeah. on my phone. But. Yeah. So, okay. So we didn't do this in part one. Um, yeah, that might be a, that might be a problem. Uh, <laughs> I guess we'll figure it out when I start editing. Um, we didn't do this in the last episode. So if it's cool with you, I want to start off by asking you. Uh, what your what your scratch track is so like I've said before on this the theme of the podcast is figuring out what something what's something that not necessarily like as cliche as like if you could go back in time and do something over again it maybe it's something that you'd want to do again because it was so fun or something like a lesson that you wish you would have known in a in a specific situation like what's what's one of those so start on that and I'm gonna get the bone from this animal down here yeah if I had to think about what my scratch track would be it would be learning that if you want to be successful in music and make it your career you don't have to be famous for that to happen I was always under the impression that you had to have really tens of thousands of, of followers and active listeners to be able to uh, scratch out a decent living but here I am you know CPA and I've, I'm learning that a lot of these pretty good musicians who aren't the Shakiras of the world, aren't the Ed Sheerans of the world. They're making more money than I made when I was a CPA. So I think that, number one, I wish I would have known that, you know, 
you you can make money off of doing something you love even if it sounds unusual or unorthodox and to just go ahead and pursue it because you only get one chance at the card game that is life you can't change yeah. the cards that you're given but you can change the way that you play them mm-hmm. you can change them but that's called cheating and we don't like that so yeah yeah you got <laughs> nobody gotta, likes a cheater nobody likes a cheater yeah i i agree with that too man i, I was so i was I remember hearing like about local bands when I was a kid and going like, oh, is he famous? Are they on the radio? And my mom's just like, no, he's just in a band. He plays at the bar. I'm like, yeah, what? So I was like, like, man, that's a hard life. Yeah, I was like, whoa, yeah. So sorry about disappearing. Dixie was chewing on a bone. I got to get that off there because there was a lot of snapping and stuff. But don't worry, I'm not depriving her of food. She's just choosing not to eat today. So I decided to give her a treat because she was being good during the recording. And now she's being bad. She's being loud. So now she's just going to sit and probably beg and try to get this thing back for me. She's no, being no. cute. Ma'am. Hi, I love you, but we can't do this right now. Um, yeah, dude, I, um, I so I so identify with that too because it was such a hard thing to realize. Like in it the is. beginning, it was like, oh well, I have to sell out arenas when I do it. It's like, nah, like you, yeah. <laughs> there's plenty of people, and Florida especially. Like, I mean, in the Pinellas in the Pinellas area um, alone, I mean, there's so many musicians that are that are probably good enough to. Yeah tour like yeah. l- at least locally and they're just you know they're doing what we do because they just love interacting on a more like personal level and stuff like Absolutely. that so i i love i love that so yeah i would i would agree with that too man and my my scratch check like i've always said is figuring out how much money you can make doing it and not yeah. necessarily putting it into like a you know rags to riches story where all of a sudden you're just like laying on a you know laying in a bathtub of cash it's just yeah. like can i can i do this to survive and pay my bills on a regular basis and i didn't know that i could and we were talking about before we started rolling we were talking about stories of your you know lack of success in getting people to pay you fairly in the beginning is such a problem especially if you don't have anybody to tell you yeah don't play for free. Right, so right. it's it's just so it's it's a lot. So that was that was always mine, man. I hated, I hated that, and I hate hearing stories about musicians that are like, well, I didn't make anything, but you know, normally like they have good tips there. So I'm like, I hate that shit. Yeah. Because they're taking advantage of you, man. They're taking advantage of you. So you know, you're providing a service, like you said. If you, pro- if you provide a service, you should be compensated for it. They're doing the same thing. They're providing you a service of alcohol or an environment or yep. an atmosphere or food or whatever it may be and they're getting paid full price for it so the musicians should be getting paid full price as well i totally agree with that oh man it's sickening sometimes but you know to the places that keep it fair thank you so much thank you for keeping us alive thanks for taking chances on us um yeah for real you guys are the best so all right so if is there um so I, I love to, I, we didn't we didn't talk about this in the last episode, but I love the fact that when you uh, when you guys when you play live solo that you and your dad jam together. Absolutely, yeah. Do you guys play a lot together, like in the house? We do not as much as you would think, but we do um, we do like to jam, especially mm-hmm. with the acoustics. And yeah, we like to do harmonies. Beetle, we sing a lot of Beatles, and yeah, what what what's really been a big influence on my music and the way I play with other people has not just been my dad but his brothers and uh one of his good friends who he played with in in high school and college who's like a brother to him and when they came down for reunions you know when i was in high school um because they all live outside of florida now Mm -hmm. when they'd come down and just jamming with them and learning how to improvise and how to 
put your own spin on a different cover and how getting along and, and they would record themselves too. And just like seeing that and how much fun and then joining in and improvising, that was a big influence. So yeah, to answer your question with a lot of fluff, yes, we do, but not as much as you'd think. And a lot of our influence comes from. Yeah. I just think that's so cool, man. I I've, I've played a song with my dad one time and, um, it was such a, it's such a crazy experience. Like you get to share the stage with the guy that like bought you the first guitar and taught you, taught you the first thing about music. And it's just like, wow, man, it's a, it's a really powerful experience, even though you're, we were playing in an open mic setting. Um, but your, your dad's played at at the troubled waters open mic before too. Oh yeah. I got, I I coaxed him in the plan one time and I was like, holy shit, this guy can play. Yeah. Cause you told me it was like, yeah, he'll, he'll, you told me, uh, John, right? John. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, uh, I was like, hey, John, Justin said that you wanted to play a couple. Because you told me, like, go over there and talk to him. He'll play a couple for you. And I was like, he did, I remember he did Friend of the Devil. And I was like, you know what? I've never even tried to look at that song. And then that was what got me into looking at that song to play. And I was like, nice. interesting. Yeah. Because it's always something that I've heard and I know it. I know that I know a little bit of the dead. I don't know a lot, but I know that song, you know, obviously its popularity is, is enormous. And the real fans probably hate it because, you know, that's the only one that people don't. That's the only pe- one that people know that don't go to the shows yeah. as frequently as they do. But you know, um, it, it, was, it was a great song, and he did a really good job of it. So I was I was very happy to have him there, man. He's a he's a talent too. He's so was guitar his only instrument growing up, or did he do piano too? Did he ever sing? Like he, yeah, well, obviously he sang, but like was he singing in like he's, bands? He sang in church. I mean, like I I don't think he, no, he wasn't in the choir, but he you know he yeah. would, he would sing like in Sunday school and stuff. Mm-hmm. He knew. I can't remember the name of the horn, like beluga horn or something yeah. like that. He, the flugel horn? Uh, I don't know. It's like a mini tuba. I can't yeah. remember the name. Is baritone, the Fran- baritone horn. It's not the French horn. Okay. I think it's baritone horn. Good. Okay. Yeah. And from there, his one of his brothers taught him guitar and then, you know, the basics. And then he just learned the rest by listening and listening to the vinyl and, you know, taking the needle and putting yeah. it in and rewinding and rewinding yeah. and trying to get things just right and he just he's a by-year player i think that's why he has so much soul in. yeah yeah that's awesome yeah i can definitely tell in the in the style that he plays too that he's definitely one of the he just likes to kind of feel the feel the vibe of the song and kind of take it for what and i think you do a lot of that too with with matt and in the in the band too you guys do a really good job of improvising and taking taking what the song is giving to you at that point because I'm, I'm you know i'm sure like matt's a super talented player and so are you when you can kind of get a vibe of the room like oh they're you know maybe i'll give them some of this this time and then yep. like the next time you play the same room in the same song it's a completely different completely different vibe uh, completely right. different solo so that's that's what i love about going to see you guys and and hearing you play at, at, at only the open mics unfortunately but the stuff that i've seen on you know social media or whatever i just i really enjoy um watching you guys to go through a super unique set list and making everything like you know making it a guava train experience so i, I always i like that a lot that's cool man I, I i enjoy your guys sound thanks man if i didn't i wouldn't have you on here so that's the whole thing no, i'm just kidding i'm kidding um so we're gonna I, I wanted to spend a lot of time on this album so if you don't mind yeah. we're gonna dive into this early if that's all right yeah with you. absolutely let's do it because i know you know a lot about this and i know a little bit uh, full disclosure again. You remember, I'm not a not a big Beatles guy. Don't know a lot. I know the basics. I'm very intrigued by their rapid success and their, I mean, like extremely uh, 
undeniable popularity within anybody. I mean, dude, people that don't know one Beatles song can still tell you that they exist. Yeah. There's not many, there's a lot of bands that can do that, but there's not many people that know, like <clears throat> the first thing I think of when I, when somebody says the Beatles is just chicks going nuts and then like getting out of cars or planes or whatever and just like people crying seeing them in yeah. person yeah like they're like oh my god he's right there like that that's what i see when i see the beatles and obviously their, their musicianship is no joke i mean i didn't get it i didn't get it when i was a younger musician i would always be like i don't understand like why are these guys like you know what i mean and then i started to listen more and started to get into more of their concept stuff like sergeant pepper and then obviously revisiting rubber soul and some of the songs on there you know, like Norwegian Wood and in, in, in my life, like we were talking about in the last episode, going back and revisiting that as a musician now that plays and has spent time in the studio, you gain a whole new respect for like what they were trying to do yeah. and how they were able to capture so many people in, in a time where we're, we weren't, it wasn't really like a volatile time, but it was still very like, very questionable to still listen to this type of music yeah. from, from the older generations you yeah. know what i mean like they were it was still frowned upon to listen to like like rock and roll stuff that was talking yeah, about this was still like the heavy music yeah. of the time yeah yeah so it was it was like what what are we listening to why this is the devil's music you know yeah, like all yeah. that stuff and it was it was crazy um so when was the first time you heard this all the way through like all the you way really through. experienced it i and it was probably, yeah, it was in my bedroom. I remember my dad. I So the way to kind of back up for a second, the way I got into music, like mu listening to music in general was very chronological. I started with like Mozart and then kind of found my way into jazz. And then I made my way to the Beatles and I tried to listen to it, them chronologically as best mm -hmm. I could. Mm -hmm. So a few months after I was listening to the Beatles, I knew that this was going to be a big a big one. Um, my dad told me Sergeant Pepper is one of the most influential albums of all time. So it I kind of wanted to, I kind of wanted to save it. You know yeah. what I mean? Cause for yeah. me, I was yeah. experiencing, it was like a new release. I didn't want to <laughs> yeah. listen to them all at once because yeah. then, you know, I wouldn't have anything to look forward to. And, mm -hmm. you know, from the very first track into the second one, it was really cool how they like took this concept and made Sergeant Pepper. And then they have all these really psychedelic trippy kind of sounds throughout the album. And I, you know, started, before there was Wikipedia going on the internet and figuring out how they're doing this stuff. And I started learning more about the album and, and really what it, what it was and what it was is in 66 um, and, and before they were touring all the time. They were doing two albums a year and they were touring. And this is the first album where they sat down in the studio and they said, instead of doing a tour, let's what, just create, yeah, let's, let's yeah. create the tour. So they created this concept band called Sergeant mm -hmm. Pepper and said, mm -hmm you know, we'll, we'll, we'll make it so it's like people are at home at a concert. And there's really only three albums that fit the concept album experience, which is the first two, um, Sergeant Pepper and a little help from my friends and Sergeant Pepper reprise at the end. Mm -hmm. But it was the first time in history that a band came out with a concept album. So this is any concept album that's comes after. This is really kind of the genesis of, of yeah. that. You know, you think of David Bowie, he's like a concept artist, right, you know, right. And versus Siggy Stardust, right? Right. So one thing, so speaking of concept stuff, so this so what i've heard and what i've read about this and what i know from sorry um the uh they were sort of um not paying homage i guess but um wanting to create something similar to pet sounds and influenced by the beach boys 
I know. I think so. Yeah. I, I know. I know that they were. They that was were, a wild album they, too. Yeah. Time. Nuts. They were. They were into that, and uh, there was obviously some stuff on here that kind of tip. It's a tip of the cap to that being like all the animal noises on one of the one of the final tracks. Good morning. And good morning. Yeah. The dog whistle and things like that. Yeah. So. Um, I, yeah, it was just interesting to me because I didn't understand how, like, how closely in, not only chronologically, I didn't realize that Pet Sounds was before this either. Yeah. And yeah. I didn't know that they were fans of, like, the Beach Boys and stuff yeah. like that because I, you know, at that time, you don't think that music can reach as far as it does. And then it, you know, it, it does. Like, ignorant young kids like us don't realize that you could still, you could still branch out back then, 50, 60 years ago and still figure it out in a way that, you know we still can do now in in a in a much smaller sense obviously but it's just it's really cool that they still had they were influenced by people that were as popular as well, not as popular as they were but were still famous musicians yeah absolutely. so it's, it's pretty cool um do you uh do you have a favorite song off of here i know it's hard because there's so many great ones yeah but, i mean for me it's it, it's it's tough it's tough for me to even think of of like a clear cut favorite because there's yeah. there's a few that are at the top. It's like one and one A kind of deal, you know. But I would say I think that my I think that my favorite is I'm just looking see make sure I'm not leaving anything out. I mean, a day in the life is as close to the top as you can get. It's a masterpiece song. Yeah, it, really it really is, is man. Yeah. It's as close as you can get to the top. I would say like a one A would be either Lucy or or. Uh, I I love the reprise. Oh, the reprise is excellent. I, you know, I love they're bringing it. it all back to the I, beginning of the concept I album. Know. <laughs> I I just love it so much, man. I I I remember hearing that and like, um, just that that quick like that real snappy. Sorry, like, but drum. it's time to go. And yeah, I remember right. that I'm like, oh, this is like the last song. Yeah. And then day nope. in the life yeah. comes fading in. You're like, <laughs> yeah. oh, there's. Oh. I remember thinking that. Thanks for giving me that de- sense of deja vu. I remember yeah. I was riding my bike when I heard. Yeah. When I heard reprise and really yeah. focus on the lyric. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It's great. It's great. I I've listened. I think I listened to this for the first time, top to bottom, maybe in college for. Uh, I I took a music, music, uh, rock and roll in American society class one of the only classes I passed when I was there. Uh, but it was, I loved it. Um, teacher was great. He was a super, super talented musician and composer as well as a, uh, just a music nut, dude. This guy knew everything. I mean, he was like pulling up slideshows that he didn't even, he wasn't even looking at. He was just like teaching, oh, from, yeah. the, he was a teaching from the top. Yeah. 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 Especially this stuff too. So we went in, we went into Sergeant Pepper and we were talking about the, the, you know, my, my introduction to live audience on a record was Benny and the Jets as a kid because my mom was a big Elton John fan. Nice. We didn't really have a lot of Beatles growing up, but I remember hearing that the Sgt. Pepper stuff, and that's immediately what I was like, oh, that's where, that's where the idea came from. It was like from this because I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but this was, was this the first time where you hear like a live audience kind of deal in a studio recording? I think that it was it's the prominent. First, it was the first time, at least from an album that wasn't actually live, mm-hmm. where they had like right. a live audience in the background. And yeah. that was not right. just one piece. It was like a consistent yes. thing. Or they intended it to be, but yes. they really only did it in the first two songs. And then the rest, they just say that Sergeant Pepper, and then they have the fade out at the right. end. And, you know, and 
but yeah, I believe right. that was the first. Yeah, that that's that's what initially grabs you because back then, I mean, this came out in '66, so this is '67. '67, sorry, uh, many many years ago, where it you don't you don't even really think that that's uh yeah that's I mean, it's an idea that's kind of overused not not overused but you you know where it's that it's 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 way more prevalent now than it was back then so it's not it's not something it's not as unique as i kind of i can only imagine being around you know in that time when that's released on the radio you go like oh what's this you know like are they are they playing live like no this is you know this is the studio or whatever so i thought that was i thought that's a really interesting way to start something like this and go into like a go into one of the most one of the most influential albums of all time and start it in kind of a quirky funny silly way where it's like you know like they're laughing in the background and cheering yeah and people are tuning and up yeah right yeah so you just kind of get that vibe of it being like a like, oh interesting so um okay so um depending on how much you know i don't i don't know a lot about this so can you sort of conceptualize this album for me like sort of go through like the themes of it and chronologically and like can you can you enlighten me on this yeah the the best way i can describe it you know i've already talked about the fact that it's a concept album Mm -hmm. it's supposed to be live but Mm -hmm. from there when you get into the third track with lucy in the sky with diamonds Mm -hmm. um from there it really starts to get psychedelic yes and it's very different and you'll notice when you know you if you zoom up on the album you know they mm-hmm. weren't trying to be the cute boy band anymore yeah. they were growing mustaches and <laughs> stuff like that yeah. which you know wearing really funky clothes mm-hmm. and then it just gets to the point where you know she's leaving home that has like an orchestra it's yes. not rock and roll it's no. not pop it's mm-hmm. a beautiful song but you know it, it really as you as you go on you start to really realize um especially if you heard the prior stuff and you're a musician like gosh darn they had complete artistic freedom at this yeah, point. Yeah. I think they were on Apple Records, their own, and they're like, this is what we want to do. We mm-hmm. know it's not popular or cool. And they mm-hmm. just did their own thing. And then as it goes in, you know, it goes back to Sgt. Pepper with the reprise. Um, but it. they've just got a lot of amazing tracks on here. Like, Good Morning, Good Morning, you know, it's yeah. kind of rock, but then they've got this orchestra in the back, and then there's this screaming guitar solo in the middle. Yes. That's maybe 10 seconds yeah. of bliss, and I remember the first time I heard that, I said, holy shit. Yeah, yeah. I was like, wow, yeah. that's amazing. And, you know, thinking about it today, it's probably not the most impressive of solos. No, but, it was but back then it's like, what is this? Yeah. It was dirty and yeah. really loud and Bites. just overtakes yeah. everything. And, um, you know, it, it, this album just... It went to two of uh, initially, but then it quickly went up to number one on the Billboard charts. And you know, Pet Sounds was out at the big at the time mm-hmm. by the Beach Boys. And you know, uh, is it Brian uh, Wilson? Brian Wilson? He he said that's another story that I want to get into, man, because that guy, yeah, that dude was fucked. Well, up, he man. Well, but well, this because... might have fucked him up a little bit more. Is that um, sorry? I really don't know if this is the case, but but this is this is true. When when this album came out, they mm-hmm. were all really excited about Pet Sounds. Thought yeah. that they'd hit their masterpiece album, which yeah. maybe it was. Yeah. But they heard this one, and they they all thought to themselves and recounted that wow this is truly the album of the year we thought we yeah. had it. and disraeli gears by cream was out too and yeah. clapton and yeah. jack jack bruce ginger breaker of cream thought we've got it like yeah. disraeli gears are at the top yeah. and no they they said here clapton said we all put on yeah. sergeant pepper we all tripped on acid and we all thought it was the greatest album we've ever heard i mean 
it, it is a really good album and uh, all the psychedelic sounds I think yeah. and experimentation makes it just that much uh, that much cooler and unique for the time yeah Brian Wilson was misdiagnosed so when I say fucked up I don't mean he was messed up in the head he was he was misdiagnosed and taking medications that was basically turning him into somebody that he wasn't but gotcha. he was gotcha. also a very very unique person like he I'm pretty sure he stopped touring with the band to create Pet Sounds. He did. Hiring I, I the orchestra so. and everything. Yeah, so yeah, he was like, like fuck this, lot, I yeah. just want to build this. And so, okay, so there's obviously themes of like very psychedelic stuff and the biting guitar solo and a lot of sitar on here. A lot of sitar. A lot of it. Yeah, a within lot. you, without you, that yes. is a very... Trippy. Sick, yeah, very trippy. <laughs> I was like, ooh. Yeah, and yeah, it really is. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. She was gnawing on that thing. You could hear that in the microphone but she's okay hi hey Howdy. jasmine um jasmine just got home so now we can't talk any more dirty thoughts no more dirty stories justin okay so uh we um so obviously sergeant peppers was uh it, it was do you know where the name came from because yeah, I've, re- I've read multiple reports and i want to know what what the real thing is well according to paul yeah is he said that he came up with the name well first of all you know the concept album he saw that elvis presley hadn't gone on tour the year before and he's just mm-hmm. sent a cadillac around they drove it around the stage like this is the new presley album yeah, is like you're right. great and he's like man he's like man i don't want to tour anymore and you know it's getting yeah. crazy and he was i think he was on a plane or something and um he was eating and they passed him the salt and pepper yeah and he's like oh salt and pepper like sergeant pepper like sergeant pepper a band oh this be a cool concept and they yeah. it kind of just evolved from there and, yeah and by this point um, the Beatles started writing a lot of stuff separately too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So some of the songs are purely John, purely Paul, yes. you know, with a little bit of collab, and that's what also makes this album kind of unique. Yeah, is, is that sense that you get you get a lot of um, different sounds, a lot yes. of different artists, if you will, on yes. this, so to say, different artists. I, you know, it, I I feel like so it's it's Paul that's singing the Sergeant Pepper's yep. Lonely Hearts Club yep. in the beginning, right? Yep. That he's got such a high register i know that he doesn't i i mean he probably does get a lot of credit for this if this is just me being a dumb like just listener for the first time but like i I was listening to this last night and revisiting it and this morning as well like to prepare for this i'm like his voice is really really good it is i mean it's like he's got that perfect combination of that grit that yep. high register, and he's not screaming like doing yep. like the whole like metal screaming but it's just it's up in that high register so you go from that to is Ringo the one that sings lead on or who sings lead on little with little, friend, he does friend, right Ringo yeah so he does that and then Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds it's is John. is John so yeah. you go bang 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 the top three yeah. on that is three completely different sounds yeah which I think is so cool that they were able to do that and that's what that was one of my favorite things about listening to these guys growing up is that like you you step out of that box of that normal instrumentation of like all right drummer stays back there and shuts yeah. the fuck up. You know, the bass player is not doing anything but, you know, just providing a backbone. The lead guitar player is only going to play lead. And then you have the singer, yeah. and he's everything, and then that's it. But it was like, you know, there were it was double leads, you know, for years and years and years. And everybody's like, what are they doing? Yeah. It's like, they're changing your life. That's what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you seeing this? You know, now, now that we're saying this, this is kind of like something that I, you know, I try to apply to Guava Train. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Beatles is obviously the most influential band for me. Mm-hmm. 
um, and not comparing myself to the Beatles at all. But <laughs> what, I, what I like to do with Guava Train is I really like when Jody sings, then yeah. I'll sing, then Matt will sing, then we'll sing together. And right. then I pick up the saxophone and Matt's playing the bass and Jody's on the keys or, you know, just the fact that they switched up like the Good Morning, Good Morning guitar solo. I think that was played by Paul. Oh, and interesting. He, yeah, and he's playing the bass, and they weren't afraid to like switch up. Yeah, and I think that's what made this like a healthier collaboration, just a yeah. nice mix of different talent. So, who out of the four or five, if you count George, George, Martin, George Martin, yeah. who who out of the four or five of them is your favorite member of the band? Like, who do you? For, yeah, who do you think best songwriter? Whatever. Like overall, who do you think is the like the Beatles. It's it's hard to say. I'd say my favorite is John. I think I relate to him the most because okay. his songs are pretty different. My songs are pretty different. And he's also got, he doesn't have the voice. He, he would say multiple times that I don't like my voice, but he worked on it with yeah. what the cards he yeah. had and he made it. So I think especially early on pre 65, mm-hmm. John was really driving the band and really helping them to get their spirits up, you know, when they were playing in like Hamburg, Germany. And yeah, not, I don't right. want to book the Beatles, a yeah. second act band. Right. But later on, I think Paul McCartney is, you know, especially with, with the whole concept of Sgt. Pepper, I mm-hmm. think that he, uh, he kind of stepped it up too, but I would have yeah. to say I'm in, I'm partial to, to John. He's yeah. my favorite. He, I feel like I identify with him the most as well, just because of obviously the, the, the relationship issues that happen and, becoming a songwriter that a lot of people identified him as this, you know, jumpy boy band, love songy kind of guy. And then you drop something like Imagine, which, you know, one of the most well-known, obviously one of the most well-known songs ever, but one of, you know, his, his like greatest solo piece probably, you know, ever, I don't, I'm not really familiar with the rest of his solo work, but that to me is just so, that's what I always identify with him as. And it's just interesting because you go from a guy who is seen as this kind of, you know, young kid, quirky, innocent dude, you know, pretty boy looking guy. And then he drops, you know, uh, a solo album and you're like, you get to see a whole new side of who he is, what he's going through and yep. not less about, less about love, more about unity and more about like, you know, uh, struggles with just being who he is and things like that. Like there's a yep. lot of themes of, of, like a, almost a melancholy kind of vibe to like his solo stuff. Not all, obviously, Not all, yeah. but but he, yeah, I th- I feel like he's he's he was probably my favorite as well, just because of that. But I also like, I mean, I don't, I'm not saying this to discredit Paul at all. I love, like, oh, yeah. I think Paul McCartney's still one of the greatest musicians that we've ever seen. Oh yeah. Now, here's what I want to swing into. Speaking of Paul McCartney, is Paul McCartney alive or dead? He is definitely alive. Okay. Most definitely. Let's put that to rest right now because there's so many people, man. How yeah. many How many people have you talked to that do that? A lot. A lot, a right? A lot, yeah. So and the, it's on these, honestly, it's getting ridiculous. It started point. It started with this album, though, like, yes? Come on, dude. He's like a legend now. Yeah. And like to be able to switch that up and not yeah. have any slip-ups this whole time, like even his family, like, we're going to go along with this game. Yeah, too. right. Like, his Everybody daughter's like, up. Yeah. that's my dad. That's yeah. right. <laughs> so the, the rumor was that in an early moment of the Beatles, he died in a car accident. Yeah. And was replaced with a I guy that like, looked exactly like him. He was just as talented. It's yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Same exact voice. Yeah. Same exact face. Height. <laughs> yeah. Left-handed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that alone. Left finding a left-handed bass player well, in the sixties yeah. got to be ridiculous. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I didn't even think about that shit. Like everything <laughs> you, know, you know on bass, you need flip to it around. flip it around, yeah. dude. 
you want this, right? You want yeah, this. You want, <laughs> you want to be one of the Beatles, or do you, you want this whole thing to collapse? Because like, it's just a house of cards, buddy. I don't know if I Flip can... Flip it play, around, okay? I don't know if I can play left-handed. Do you know how much ass you're going to be getting? Okay, <laughs> I'll figure it out. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was always a, a thing that I would hear about this. And th- so did it start with... This album, when the rumors kept like coming around, because I know like the whole thing about mm. the whole thing about a day in the life. At the end of it, you hear it backwards or whatever. Oh, you hear Paul is dead or, or like all that stuff. Do you have I, you heard that? Have you done it before? Have you picked I, up on anything? You know, I I probably have. Um, I I I remember I was really nerdy about those little things, and mm-hmm. I tried to listen for like the little hidden things yeah, in their yeah, songs. Yeah. You know, some things they didn't mean to put in there, but. I think it's just kind of a coincidence and some people just like, oh yeah, yeah it kind of sounds like that. It's like, well, you probably like put your literary interpretation on like anything. But yeah, yeah. I, I'll always say it's like, it's the whole yellow car phenomenon. You know, if you're looking for a yellow car, you're going to see more of them, you know? Yeah. So if you're, yeah. if you're listening for a specific message in something, you're going to hear it. Yeah. So, but also is there anything more fucking creepy than hearing a record, hearing songs backwards? Dude, so weird. Dude, it's first I, time I did it was with Stairway to Heaven. I was like, I gotta figure this out. Bro. Oh yeah, like, yeah. Maybe it really is satanic. And then, yeah, I, and, then right. and then afterwards, I like thought about it. I'm like, man, I feel bad for Robert Plant and yeah. Jimmy Page. They have to deal with this shit like yeah, forever. It's, it's not satanic, but it is stolen. Whoopsie. Uh, <laughs> they were they were notorious for that, and that's the thing that never really plagued the Beatles because they were just so they yeah. were so different and everything like that. I don't yeah. think they ever really had any issues with that. None that I know of about that. But maybe, maybe but I don't think so. It would have been something petty, that's for sure. Yeah, nothing as prevalent as... I know Zeppelin has been through the ringer with that stuff because they took a lot of stuff from an early blues band that not a lot of people know about, wow. and it's the whole thing. So, yeah, it's. It, I don't know enough about it to be educated enough. So if you know the story, look it up and prove me wrong. I, I'm, I'm, here, I'm here to learn just like you are. So, all right. Um, did you say your favorite song, by the way? I did, do you have one to pick? Um, my favorite. I think I would have said "Good Morning, Good Morning," but oh yeah, it's really tough to choose with this album. But I, um, yeah, probably "Good Morning, Good Morning," even mm-hmm. though that is quite an unusual one. But just the whole the whole blend. The first two yeah. songs are incredible. Oh, you know, so it's great. just such a nice build up to the album. So great. So um, let me look at my notes oh, here. There is actually things. one thing I should say about this album. Hit me. So the Beatles would always come out with the singles before the albums, and they almost never put the singles onto the album because they wanted to incentivize people to buy both. Yes, um, and they didn't think it was fair. Two, the two were the two were Strawberry Fields, yeah, and, and Penny, Penny Lane, Lane. Right. and they should have been on this album because they fit perfect. And if I had to pick my favorite, it would by far be Strawberry Fields. That really? song we could do, we could do probably half a podcast just talking about. Interesting. How they put it. Yeah, I'll just say huh. quickly like. They took like maybe forty different takes of mm-hmm. John, you know, with his with his guitar and mm-hmm. you know mix of the band, and then they took the three best and they spliced them together, which mm-hmm. was really difficult for the time. They were using tape, not like digital, you know, they were using recording tape. Yeah. So there's a point in the song where it like speeds up and it slows down, and you hardly notice it, but when you break it down, you're like, wow, that's what's driving part of the song, the uniqueness, you know, the backwards recordings yes. and all the extra stuff they're adding in. It was just so experimental for the yeah. time. Yeah. It's, so it's, that one's my favorite, Strawberry Fields, even though it's unofficial. Love it. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. All right, do you have um, do you have a favorite uh, set of lyrics on this album? Any 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 song that stands out to you in particular? Hmm. Favorite one in particular. 
You know, I, it's kind of one of the more, I guess you could say, like non rock and roll. But mm-hmm. I think the lyrics in "When I'm 64" are, oh, are really yeah. good, man. Yeah, I always, I always forget that that's on this, that that's on this record. I always, yeah. it's, it's just like, so clever the way yeah, it's way it's, it's put together. It's great. So in terms of like chronological, like taking it or not chronological, but but top to bottom in terms of track, is there a is there a story that's taking place? Throughout this, like a lot, I know, like so, "Dark Side of the Moon," for example, when you start at the top, like the conceptual album, the "Speak to Me, Breathe," it's the it's you're being born into the world, and then the adolescence, and then the the money and time, or the things you're stressing about, and then like towards the towards the end, it's the whole like you know us and them, and then the brain damage and eclipse is like that's the end of the like your life essentially, and it goes back into the heartbeat fading out, and then that's it. So is there is there something that they were going? What did what is the concept of what they were going for here? Like what is the specific theme that they were hitting in this? They were really trying to go like you're in a concert and you're listening to Sergeant Pepper. You're not listening to the Beatles this time. Mm-hmm. You're listening to Sergeant Pepper mm-hmm. and his Lonely Hearts mm-hmm. Club Band. You know, gotcha. Um, and you know, as you go through the album, it doesn't necessarily have the crowd noise mm-hmm. at the back of every single one, but you know, it it really does feel like a different band. Yeah, you know, especially when you get to like she's leaving home mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. when I'm 64, or for the benefit of Mr. Kite, like yeah. that that's almost like a show just all in itself. Is yeah. they're talking about Mr. Kite and they have all these really psychedelic sounds of yeah. going up and down, and, um, and then at the end they kind of tie it all back in together. Right, and they're like, hey, it's, sorry, but it's time to go, and they have their kind of their encore. Yeah, and it all accumulates with the noise and that one you know piano mm-hmm. chord coming down just fading mm-hmm. out and just i love that them being being you yeah. know cheesy at the end with the record i don't know if you've worked in the very very end the last yeah. 30 seconds it's what does he say what is what is the it's thing like, that's I repeating any other way yeah right like, yeah. I, I don't know what he's saying yeah. but it's that's yeah it's just weird i can't yeah. imagine like all these people like eric clapton like tripping on acid yeah. or whatever you know wasted and yeah. they're like oh that oh was a God. great album. And all of a sudden, I wouldn't have any other. Like, yeah, you think that like, like the album's skipping yeah. or something, and you know they just like put that shit in the fuck yeah. with people. Yeah, they're just doing it because they're like, hey, hey, by the time your trip is about to be done, you're gonna have a bad one. Yeah, <laughs> here we go, baby. Yeah, it's brutal. Yeah. Oh my God, I've always wanted to experience that just to know what it's like. I've never done it before. Yeah, it was definitely on my uh, my list of things to do in college, and. Yeah. Uh, I never did it. Yeah. I never did it because I never got around to, I never got around people that I trusted enough to do some sort of drugs. Or like people that. that I would trust enough to know that it's like real acid yeah, and not right. just like something like fake. Like, yeah, dude, yeah, I know. And how, yeah. would, how the fuck would I know? Either? I know. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah, nobody would know. Yeah. I fry uh, my brain out just for like a magic yeah. time. <laughs> I, and I do know, I do know a guy too. I, I knew not I, judging. Quite a few people that have done it around the wrong crowds and they're saying like it's, it, it can really ruin your really ruin your experience just just by the surrounding of it your mentality going into taking it and everything like that so it's a little bit it's it's always a little bit spooky to me like cuz i have anxiety already man that's why i you know that's why i take edibles before i go to sleep so i can turn my mind off and not stare up at the ceiling and go like i'm not making enough money you know like <laughs> things like that so i don't i don't yeah i've never really trusted anything like that before so um, okay so the thing that I wanted to talk to you about too about this album is that I I wasn't aware of the timeline of this but I know that they stopped playing because it just got so insane it got so insane because they couldn't go anywhere without being like I mean mauled by everyone and and it it was so nuts and you know that was actually more if you can believe it that was one of the more minimal factors Mm -hmm. what really sucked 
is that you had the Beatles, you know, one of the greatest bands of all time, coming out to play at Shea Stadium, and they got tens of thousands of people there. And the girls are screaming so loud you can't that even hear. the Beatles couldn't yeah. hear. And you you hear Ringo, you know, interview people interviewing Ringo. And he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I just kind of saw how, like, John's butt was, like, going up and down, like, yeah. to the beat. And uh, that's, like, what I knew. And, like, John, you know, in interviews be like, oh, instead of I want to hold her hand, I'd say I want to hold her gland, like, talking about, like, her breasts, yeah. you know, like, because yeah. nobody would know. And they were bringing out these. That's funny. The, the big, big 100 watt yeah. Vox amps, and they'd yeah. have 10 of them yeah. for a whole fucking stadium. Yeah. And it's just overwhelming to the point where they're just like, Jesus. this is not fun. That's so wild. And because of the contracts they signed, they weren't making a lot of money, and they're like, we're having a lot of fun in the studio, and they're just over it, man. They're over, it was only a few years of, like, three, two and a half, three years of Beatlemania in the US, but that was just enough that they're like, yeah. we can't do this. Yeah, and um, I know that there was also stuff going going on with like uh they were getting threats oh yeah saying it's not safe to travel to so and so and you know they were they were and a lot of it stemmed from the fact that right around this time i believe that's when john lennon made the remark that the yeah. beatles were more popular than jesus christ yeah, yeah. and everybody was like oh yeah <laughs> and you know what he said you know what he said after they started uh they started burning his beatles album and some of the more conservative he says they said what do you think about that mr lennon and he said he already bought it he said well like, yeah you gotta buy him before you burn him like, <laughs> he's like okay that's why I, like i see that in sports i'm like good for you bro you yeah like 80 bucks on a fucking stitched jersey and are you gonna burn it because you don't like the guy exactly I you see, already like, bought it Who i see people cares? i remember after like the kaepernick thing being signed to nike like people are burning their nike shoes i'm like dude like what yeah. the fuck you know how many people would like love to have it's, like a decent pair of uh, shoes and you're like burning that shit up because like one of their sponsors like hit you the wrong way god yeah it's it's a it's a it's a whole thing it it, it is kind of funny though like on the on the opposite side of that like um, I know that there was a, there was a, I think there was a beef between like, this is going way on the other direction of the Beatles, but there was a beef between like 50 Cent and somebody and he bought out like the first like four rows of somebody's concert that he didn't like. So the the front of it just looked empty as fuck. Oh my God. That's pretty fucking, that's pretty clever. It's funny. I can't remember who it was that he did that to, but he, he's, he's funny in like his like little petty flexes that he has. And that it's, is, it's really that funny. That is pretty funny. So okay. I would have to say, I would have to be laughing if somebody did that. Oh shit yeah. I'd be like, well, I mean, Hey, you bought like, them. Bravo. So, you know, <laughs> bravo. <laughs> bought the seats though. You know what I mean? For the first 2000 people, come on yeah, and right. move on up. <laughs> uh, um, okay, so I, I asked you who your favorite Beatle was, but who do you think overall, who do you, th- I don't know if I asked you this already or if we've talked about this in passing, who do you, who do you think is the best overall musician in the group? Not your favorite. Yeah. Who do you think is the most talented musician, songwriter, player, whatever? It's, it's always tough. This is like the age old question, but mm-hmm. I'm going to have to say it's, it's Paul. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's not just because <clears throat> he's better, but I think that, you know, he just took his his musicianship to the point where he really wanted to know everything in the yeah. world. Under I mean, he was trying yeah. all different. He was even doing a little bit of reggae when he was with Wings under like a different name. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he also, I mean, even at this point in his life, he's in his in his late seventies, and he just came out with a new album. And you know that like the period between nineteen eighty and like twenty twenty, where mm-hmm. you know Lennon Lennon was unfortunately murdered. Yeah. Um, you know, he was continuously mm-hmm. working on his musicianship and yeah. he just his songwriting, when you really, really break it down, I mean it's just 
really beautiful and 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 amazing that you know this little kid from like Liverpool was able to compose yeah. these these things like a full orchestra and stuff yeah. and so can we talk a little bit about his murder um, yeah because it's always it's always kind of intrigued me with the with the sort not not intriguing that I'm like into it but it, it yeah. it's just it's just an interesting moment because in 1980 you had three deaths in the music scene that were I mean none were as monumental as his but I could be leaving somebody else out. But the three that I know that died in 1980 are Bon Scott from ACDC, yep. John Bonham in 80 as well, and John Lennon. And um, John just, it, obviously it was a different situation because he wasn't, he didn't like drink himself to death right. or have an unfortunate medical situation. He was shot and killed. In front of his own place. In New York. His own, yeah. In his own house, yeah. And <clears throat> so the guy that shot him though, is is he still alive? He is. He's still alive, right? Yeah, he's still in still in prison too. God, not a lot of Beatles fans in prison, I guess. Um, yeah, he probably doesn't want to get out at this point. <laughs> yeah, right. He's getting death threats every <laughs> single day. Yeah, dude. Mail's full. Yeah. <laughs> Any love letters? Not a single one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this guy, what was his name? It was Chapman. Chapman. Mark That's Chapman. right. And he was at one point like a fan club leader. Huge yes? fan. Huge fan of the Beatles. So was it the was it the Jesus remarks that, that was set a big him part off? Of it. It yeah, was? he had. I mean, from what I've read about him, you know, Jeez, it, it really shouldn't be giving the guy you know too much yeah. free advertising. But yeah, yeah. Um, you of know, course. he he seemed to have some kind of personal conflict with himself, and mm, of course, he yeah. pro- and, and and what's ironic is he actually met Lennon a few years with intending to kill him. Wow. And the story is, and there's a picture of him with with Lennon. I think it's from this moment. He was outside the Dakota, which is that beautiful penthouse, you know, right right on Central Park in New York City, and and he asked Lennon to sign his the, sign the album, you know, yeah. Lennon, and, and Lennon's like, of course, and signs. It. Is there anything else I can do for you? Like you offering, and like the yeah. guy is like there to kill him, and he God. decided not to. So he just he was just too nice and couldn't do it. He couldn't do it, and for some reason something happened, something clicked where he said, I got to finish the job, and uh, it was a God. terrible moment, and you know, I've. I've talked to a few, you know, people, including my dad, uh, about this. You know, yeah, because for me as a as a fan growing up, you yeah. know, Lennon had died, yeah, almost before thirty years even, before, right? Mm-hmm. And and you know, it was just really unfortunate that weren't, and that's why I didn't want to listen to all the albums at once. I yeah. wanted it to be like keep it like, as a, yeah, keep mm-hmm. it separate, you know, I so I could you, experience man. it. I get it. I get it. And um, I think what really pained people is the fact that you know, these children of the sixties were like, it made me feel like I had grown up, but not in a good way to know that not yeah. only are the Beatles not here, this music I grew up with, but there will never be never a again. Beatles again. And losing someone like that, you know, pe- people, it was, it was big, man. Cause there was always that possibility. God. And, and, and the stuff alone they were doing was still so, so good. Yeah. So I, good. I, you know, I've never, um, Obviously, back then there was a lot, a lot of deaths in the in the music industry that like rocked the world because yeah. it was so, was so bad. Um, you know, obviously you have Lennon that was murdered, and you have, you know, um, Bob Marley. Yeah, I think he was 80, 80, 80, 81 was yeah. the year he died too. I but think. he was he, he was shot at really many times. Really? Yeah, yeah, wow. and uh, I mean, Dimebag Daryl got shot on stage from Pantera. Yeah, um, you get a lot of these guys that are just nuts that just hate it so much yeah. that they just can't handle it but yeah Bob Marley's death is a little bit different because you are, you always talk about people like what he's known for you always see like it's just some stoner chick has a poster of Bob Marley in her thing Cause like, not because she likes love, the music and yeah. I love Bob Marley but yeah, he was shit. a very flawed individual as was as was Lennon too yeah, and yeah. if we're being fair as was Lennon yeah and the the thing about Bob Marley was 
that he had like cancer in his toe. Yeah. And they were like, "Look, we can cut this off, and you're done, man." He's like, "No, nah, man." And he's like, "Nope, that's that's just the way it's then supposed it to go." Foot and and we're like, <laughs> everybody's like, "Dude, don't do this." Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, "No, I'm just I'm just gonna let it do it." And then, God, I mean, yeah. the the balls on that guy I was like, "I've lived it. I've lived my life. I've given I've given love to people. I've shared." my art and my music and that's all yeah and you know he got to make that choice but like yeah. guys like guys like Lennon didn't get to make the choice of no you didn't. know they don't get they don't get to and those guys that have the the horrible addictions and you know mental illness that that goes on so prevalently in in music a lot of those guys don't get a choice either no they just it's just don't even hear when they go on the next they yeah. don't they have no idea and I'm the the one that hit me the hardest um just there was a there was a long string of celebrity deaths around like 2015, 2016, like David Bowie and like Alan Rickman. And then there was Chris Cornell that hit me really hard. Um, and then there was a ton more, I mean, I'm missing, I'm missing a ton, but I remember those three happened pretty close together. Um, I, I started, I remembered, um, the, like the feeling of like, Oh, I'm becoming an adult now because I'm, I know who these people are that are dying. Whereas when I was a kid, I didn't realize like Lane Staley died when I was very small, um, from Allison Chains, and you know obviously, like the the death that happened before I was alive, I didn't really understand the magnitude of that. But like as I was getting older, I was I've seen these some of these people live before. I've listened to their music for years, and then all of a sudden it's like bang, it's gone, and that is so heavy to deal with. Like as a kid, and the fact that John Lennon was one of those guys to those people i mean he was the biggest one of the biggest musicians to ever live yeah and that happened like just like that like bang one day he just walks outside and then that's it yep it's over it's so it's so crazy man to to even think that that's here one day and then gone the next man it's 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 so wild but we have we have his music that lives forever and that's that's the special part about art is that there's no specific timeline to it you you can discover it 30 years later and still love it the same as maybe your dad did when he first heard it, yeah. you know? And, you know, and I'll say something unique about um, the Beatles in general, and I guess really, you know, this album too, especially so maybe out of any of their albums. I remember when I was speaking to my grand- my grandpa on my dad's side, uh, I was probably 12, 13. I was really getting to the Beatles, and I told my grandpa, I'm like, Grandpa, I'm like, the Beatles, they're going to be around forever. People mm. are always going to love them. And he's like, you know, with his wisdom he was like well you know i've said the same thing about like these artists too and yeah. i you know he's probably thinking like frank sinatra Louis yeah, Armstrong, yeah, but yeah. if fads yeah. pass i'm like i yeah. don't know grandpa yeah, I, don't know. I think i think this is really gonna stick around and now that i'm an adult and now i can really think clearly about it it's true this the beatles are going to be considered if they're not already like the mozart of their time oh yeah 100%. when people think back yeah. into like pop music and like recording in general they're going to think back to like Sgt. Pepper if they're yes. going back into history. They're, they're, yeah. And even generations after me are getting into it. And I'm like, wow. It's like self-sustaining at this point. It's yeah. incredible how much influence music, 12 notes, just 12 notes, yeah. you know, can have on people. It can, make, it can make people cry, make people laugh, make yeah. people want to boogie. And yeah. It's yeah. Really yeah. It's, incredible. it's really crazy though, man. I mean, I feel like it's very important to educate yourself on where things started and where it came from. And a lot of it came from the Beatles. A lot of, a lot of songwriting that we still use today came from that. Yeah. You know, a lot of popular formulas of how to get on the radio are still that a lot of the yeah. lyrical content is it's still that, you know, it's love songs, it's yep. drug songs. Yep. It's, it's, uh, 
with a poppy, catchy backbeat, good solid harmonies, and the instrumentation of bands also was that was a, they were a big part of that too. Oh yeah, because it was a lot of the bands around that time. It wasn't a specific like four piece. Everybody had their job, and then the harmonies and everything like that. Those were, I mean, they were they were big at a time, but it was like a lot of you know, ten years before they're coming out. You know, you have a lot of like. Um, standard jazz stuff you have a lot of blues guitar players you have a lot of uh like rock didn't really exist you know there wasn't really that that stuff there was like a lot of loungy kind of stuff going on and orchestral but it wasn't necessarily like a basic rock instrumentation of two guitars yeah and a drummer and at a least bassist. not in the mainstream yeah, exactly yeah. yeah so it was it was they you 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 have that formula that that worked forever and you still it's still it's still used today so it's um they were they were a band they are a band that I respect heavily now and I'm like I don't I don't pretend to know a lot about them I'm I've said it before on this episode and the and the first part I'm not I don't know a lot about the Beatles I don't I'm not a Beatles nerd and that's why I want to have somebody on here that knows a lot about them and is like like geeks out with like the little intricacies of like the easter eggs like i love listening i love hearing that about people because that's how i am with certain artists and i like i enjoy learning about this so that's that's my favorite part about doing this podcast is to not only revisit artists that you love but also to educate yourselves on stuff that like maybe you see in passing and go like oh yeah okay you know and then but then you dive deep into it and it's like oh wow this is really interesting yeah you know because like the last time i listened to this album top to bottom was years ago i maybe it might not have even been in one sitting either so it's it's just interesting to go back and and listen to it and that's the whole importance of vinyl too is the stuck the way you listen yep you have to you have to be invested in it yep that's why i love it yeah, and that's something I think we we lack nowadays. With you know, obviously iTunes is like defunct now, but yeah. with Spotify is that I feel I I feel bad for some folks who don't realize the magic of listening to a whole album mm-hmm. or at least mm-hmm. like big chunks of it because sometimes, especially in this case, the album is like meant to be listened to all in its entirety or it's just cool to listen to its entirety so you can compare yeah. it to other albums and be like, yeah, wow, that's what sure. the artist was like trying to mm-hmm. do or going through at that time. And it's cool. Yeah. To get, and you don't get that perspective when you're just listening to bet greatest hits like all day. <laughs> like, oh, I want to experience like the Rolling Stones. So I'll put on great greatest hits and all you get is like satisfaction. Yeah, right, right, you right. Get some of their out, you know. Their yeah, that's why stuff. I, I don't know. I, you know, I started my vinyl collection about a year ago and other than like, you know, legend, obviously Bob Marley. I I don't really have any like greatest hits stuff because I feel like that takes away from what they were trying to do as an artist. Like I'm struggling with that right now because we're going into the studio tomorrow to finish up one of the singles, but I'm trying to make it as chronologically, uh, um, like chronologically accurate to kind of take you through where I started, what I felt, where I was and where I am now with the exception of, some sort of like anthemic stuff that needs to yeah. go at the top and bottom of the record. Man, so I can't wait to hear it. It's going to be fun, man, but I it's also it's also a little nerve-wracking for me because number 1, I'm a perfectionist and I know what it I know what it needs to sound like. And when it doesn't, it kind of gives me a little bit of like anxiety. I'm like, "Oh, you know, I like I want it I just always want it to be the best 
that it can be. And Steve Connolly at Zen Recording, he does a fucking phenomenal job of making me sound way better than I actually am. <laughs> and Keith does the same thing, man. He lifts, he lifts me up and he breathes life into this, these songs that I sit here playing in a dark room. Some of them crying, some of them not. But like most of them I play alone by myself and I bring it to him and he just immediately is like, I got something for this. Awesome. I got a motif for this. Yeah. So it's, it's just, yeah. It, I, I'm struggling with that as a musician now because when I put the EP out... Uh, when I put before you dig out, it's not it's not something that like is sort of uh, it's a story in a sense. It's got its themes and whatnot, but it's not something that I like. It's only four songs, so there's not really much to it other than a few songs that I wanted to put on there to like kind of let people know like what I am, you know. So now that I have the freedom of doing like a full record, full thirteen track record, yeah. I want to try to I want to make it count, you know. So. And that's the thing. Like a lot of uh, Steve is also a bit. He's a big, uh, big Beatles guy too. He loves loves the loves the '60s nice. music, man. He's awesome producer. He loves he loves all that shit, man. He's a super talented guitar player, very knowledgeable uh, producer, mixer, master. I mean, he's just he's he's great, man. I I'm looking forward to going back in and working with him tomorrow. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun. But um, okay, so last last question. Um, is this your favorite album by the Beatles and by how far is it in the lead <laughs> oh, I don't know I have, I, is it I've, I've been asking myself for years which one's my favorite and I listen to one I'm like this one's my favorite yeah. and then I listen to another one I'm like uh, maybe this because mm -hmm. they're all so different but mm -hmm. it definitely has a special place in my heart I would uh, yeah. yeah it's probably it's probably number one if not close to yeah. it yeah I, I need to do a inappropriate uh, dive on their back catalog before this stuff and because i know i obviously know songs you know i know like i'm a little bit more familiar with like the abbey road stuff and like yeah, this, abbey road's you know, incredible great album. incredible great. yeah and i you know see now i'm thinking like is that the number yeah, one right like, <laughs> maybe that's my favorite maybe that's the best <laughs> that's tough man that's how that's how i am with a lot of artists you're like oh you go back and revisit an album you're like oh but maybe this is good too you know yeah. it's like it's always right around there but I, I really did I really I was really excited that you picked these albums because I was I was hoping that my my hope is when I bring guests in to do this is that they don't like obviously I love talking about stuff that I I know about this makes me look a little, little a little bit smarter than these two last the Beatles episodes did but oh, you did great man <laughs> the 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 most fun thing for me is learning about music that I typically wouldn't uh that I typically wouldn't have maybe listened to top to bottom unless you told me like, hey, these are the albums that I want to do. Just because, not because I don't like the Beatles, just because there's so much music out there. Oh yeah, there's exactly. A ton. So it's like it gets kind of like gets sometimes kind of lost people are the... like, you know, I'm playing out like, how do you not know this artist? Yeah, you not know this song. Like, like there's, I know a lot more. I'm like, I'll definitely give them a listen, but there's only so many hours I, in the day and yeah. like a universe full of music. You know, it's it's so true. It's so and, true. And you man. can, I mean. Probably in your God, lifetime, you can't listen that. to all the music out there. I hate that so much. And then we want to listen to the same. Like I've listened to this album probably hundreds. Of yeah, hundreds I know. Of you always want to go back to the tried and true, man. You gotta, you gotta yeah. do that. Yeah, but I, I love that, and I love learning about new stuff. Like, you know, the, we've done, we've done hip hop episodes. We've done classic rock episodes on here. We've done uh, singer songwriter stuff. We've done now. We've done the Beatles, and it's very and country too. Actually, we just cool. did a country episode. So, it's, uh, it's always really interesting to see. Um, local musicians especially where their influences are where they lie and what has 
what's given them inspiration to take that dive into playing in front of people yeah. and and yeah. being like well you know i really love this i think we can capture some some good stuff because this album spoke to me in a way that you know gave me the gave me the courage to go play in front of people you know yeah so i just i love i love learning about that so me too man so the music's all about it it, it is a journey so um do you have i this is just this will be my last question but I, I just love talking to local musicians about this and also to remind you guys to mind your fucking business when you're out there listening to us sometimes not not most of you most of you are really cool some of you are not do you have a favorite heckler story that's happened to you like yeah recently? um okay i don't think this would be my favorite but it is pretty funny so I was at Troubled Waters and at Troubled Waters Brewing and I was with Matt and Jody and I was mm-hmm. just learning how to do the beatbox mm-hmm. or like on and like get the loop right with our with my loop pedal because we didn't have a drummer so sometimes mm-hmm. you kind of need it and I was trying to get the yeah but yeah. I was trying to loop it like just right and there kept being this gap where yeah. the drum beat just wasn't working right. and there were these people in the back like come on you can do it and I think they heard me on the mic like one more try hang on, hang on guys let, let me just try one more time oh, yeah. oh shit come on one more time let me yeah. just try and then there are these people in the back like come on you can do it like let's do it and there yeah. are these older people and I'm just like fuck you <laughs> And then I got it, and, I, and then we were jamming, and then they were like, yeah, that's right, you guys got it, you did it. I'm like, oh, man, oh not God. as sweet a victory as I thought, but it was okay. Uh, it like kind of like got me like anxious enough that you know I had to get, I had, it was a do or die moment. I had a great one at Troubled Waters, too. My favorite of all time. I think I know the story, but you please do. tell You do, you were it. there. Please tell You it. were there for it. Um, so I told this on an episode, but I wanted to cut it because I wanted to, I wanted to tell it with you, because this is... It's it's too fucking good. So are we still rolling, by the way? Nice. Okay, thank you. Um, so I'm at Troubled Waters Brewing. I'm having a phenomenal night. Like I'm just I'm feeling good. Everything's sounding good. The room That's is good. It's a good crowd. It's great. I love it. Yeah. I met some new people out there that I'm still uh, friends with today. Um, and this was December of 2019, right before I quit my day job. This guy walks in, showed up drunk. So you already know it's going to be a fucking nightmare. Shows up drunk with a table of people. And what do the drunkest people in the room do when they go see live music? They sit in the very fucking front and they bother the hell out of you. So that this guy was just in my fucking shit the whole time. So he he's with his friends. He's with four or five people at the table. His four or five friends decide that this bar is not for them. Great. Move on. Good riddance. I'll see you next time. See you never. This guy stayed by himself. So now I have no airbag for this. Yeah. I have nobody going like, hey, shh, shh, he's, you know, don't, nobody's doing that. I forgot about this. Nobody's part. doing that. So they let, this guy is totally alone by himself. Tom's up there playing the saxophone with me. And we're about to play. Um, I think he was playing like, we did Into the Mystic together. Nice. And then we did, uh, we did another song. I can't remember. Maybe like That Girl Is You, Dave Matthews. And then we did like, uh, um, we did a uh, like a little funky version of like a superstition or something like that. He played the he played the soprano sax on that. So in between one of those songs, I can't remember which I ended on. It was probably the Dave Matthews song. Let's be real. Uh, in between the song, I was getting ready, like tuning up, and I was saying thank you so much for being here. This was a this was a great night. I'm so glad to meet you guys. This is always a great spot. It's so good to play because I, I think I had like a string of really empty rooms recently which happens yeah and it's not, nothing nothing against the places that i play at it's just sometimes it yeah, just happens sometimes it's just a slow it's, night it's tough luck man you yeah. know it, whatever so um 
I was playing for a lot of empty rooms. So I was like, thank you guys for being here. This is so great. And um, I'm in the middle of talking and thanking everybody and like just being like so gracious. And I was filled with happiness in that moment. And this guy goes from the front table, he goes, shut the fuck up and play a song, asshole. I remember that, man. And like everybody was like dead silent. <laughs> and like, I was like, what? <laughs> what did you? I can't remember. Because I was on the patio when this happened. But I just remember everybody was like silent. Oh, so everybody was silent. Steph kind of looks at me um, <laughs> like she heard it but didn't know he was directing it at me. So I, Steph has told me countless times, she's like, listen, if anybody bothers you, just you know, tell me and I'll, I'll get them out of there. I'll handle it. And I was like, no, I yeah, got I'm just picking, checking the look on her face I was when like, this guy was doing that. I was like, I got this one. Yeah, yeah. So I turned to Tom and I go, uh, did, you fucking, did you hear this guy? And he starts, Tom's laughing his ass off already. Like he's, he's in stitches because I'm like, what? Because we were, we were feeling good. We had a good night. And uh so I turned to the guy and I go, hey, you having a good time tonight, man? He was like, yeah. And I was like, good, then shut the fuck up and like run right into the song and like on the mic and everybody's like, oh, somebody. <laughs> like, Because I'm like, dude, I'm not, I'm not doing this. I'm yeah. not doing this. Yeah. So I just told him to shut the fuck up and then that was it. And then he left and then he was trying to find an Uber and like bumming cigarettes outside. And I was like, you want to come talk to me now? He goes, we can talk now. <laughs> I was like, dude, Tom, Tom was laughing so hard in that moment you're not so brave when you're a person not just jamming out yeah i dude i was like listen you want to come talk to me come talk to me like a man don't yell from a table and be like asshole like yeah come talk to me man we'll figure it out i'll figure it out before you do but we'll figure it out and he was yeah he was a i've never seen him till this day but yeah it's always it's always fun to hear those little stories like yeah yours is way worse mine is like nothing (laughs) oh i've had i've had i've had so many people though man like i I call. Go bye. Have a good practice. Jasmine, Jasmine's going to coach. I love you. I love you. Why didn't she say it back? I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> All right, now that she's out of here. All right, let's wrap this up. The real. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, I've had, I've had so many, so many wild, so many wild moments that happened to me. Where like, do you ever, do you ever have a fan interaction and it just takes you back a second? You're like, did that actually just? happen oh yeah i i think like the best like, <laughs> like what one of the best compliments i can get as a musician is when people are dancing to our music yeah, yeah. um especially when it's people that you don't know it's like okay it's not pity dancing like they're straight up mm-hmm, dancing mm-hmm. and i i used to love this especially troubled waters when we play there a lot uh you know when they had the outdoor sound system is we'd be playing indoors and people would come out and then they or come inside and they would just like immediately not even get drink they're just listening to us and then we'd like be like fifteen minutes and like okay like we're gonna take a short break and they're like oh no yeah, and yeah. then they come up they're like we were not gonna come here but you yeah. guys sound so good that we is, had to come in and you're like God. thank you I feel like yeah. a rock star that takes you back that takes you back in a way where you're like oh man I'm doing something good thank yeah, God yeah I, I always love hearing that where they go like you know man I wasn't gonna stop in here tonight but we heard you from the street we wanted to stop yeah. in for a beer like thanks so much I'm like that, that that's the a, kind of stuff that, that like makes you keep coming back man because. For every guy that tells me, for one, the one guy that says, shut the fuck up and play a song, asshole, yeah, there are 99 many, other people that yeah. go like, thank you so much for your music, man. And that's what keeps you coming back. Now, the heckler stories are way funnier, but, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, I've, I, I mean, I've met so many people through this that I wouldn't have met otherwise, which is such a, is such a you know, obviously, it, you know, it's like working in a place where, you know, you just got lucky and got a job at, or, you know, like I, I still have some of my friends from my first job back here when I moved back home to Tampa and it was, um, you know, I, I still keep in touch with those guys for, for forever. Mm-hmm. But, um, music is such a, 
such a universal language to everybody that it's and and not only that but the fact that like people that do what you do and play in front of crowds and deal with the same bullshit that you do with not getting paid and people bothering you and like all the all the intricacies of the sound problems that happen in certain rooms oh, like yeah. everybody's there we're all kindred spirits like every, it's happened to everybody yeah we've all played for free we've all been talked shit about you know every there's there's people that come in there just to fuck with you just they're being dicks to be a dick and but at the same time there's also like a a community of like we're trying we're trying to make a difference in the the only way that we know how you know yep what the hell is that you hear that sounds like water oh you know what i bet you i bet you uh, it's the washing machine i was like oh my god something's running in here we got a leak not good uh no it, it always happens so yeah man it was uh it's it's so great it's so great to have something like that in your life and like I I love just going out and listening man oh me too man. I, it's my it's one of my favorite things music man. Like is I, like a reflection of society yeah it is when I dude when I go out of town the only thing that I want to do is I like go try to check out the local oh, yeah. live music not to get up and play a song with a guy okay don't do that don't go out of town don't go to a bar that you're like hey I'm visiting can I play a song with my friend no I don't know you okay don't do that. Just if you're a musician from another place and you come up you come up to me or Justin and go like, hey, do you mind if I jam with you guys for a second? The answer is always going to be no, okay? Go play at your own spot. But anyway, I digress. We'll make some exceptions. Yeah. But you got to be really fucking good. Yeah. And I want to hear you before you go on because <laughs> you're not, you're not yeah. going to ruin this venue for us. I'm that, sorry. It's, right. That's the thing. So if this, you're like, I can jam out on the sacks and then I hear you in the parking lot on a break, I'm like, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. On, buddy. Right. But if you're right. like, oh, yeah, I've been playing guitar for a little bit and like, I want to play this jam song. Have I told you the Stevie Wonder story? No. So there was a guy at Silver King Brewing. We always get a good crowd at Silver King. Shout out Silver King. You guys are the fucking best. Thank you so much for having us last yeah, time for place. our Dave show. It was dope. So we went to, um, Keith and I are doing a Dave show there. And, and uh, Tom's there too, but I don't think he's on stage at the time. But Tom has his area set up to where like the carpet is there. And like there's a microphone for the saxophone. And, and the, uh, the, he's got a chair or whatever for his stuff. So he's kind of coming in and out of the set with us. The guy come, this guy comes up and he comes up. He's like, hey, man, can I sit in with y'all? I was like, nope. And then Keith is like, what do you want to play? And I'm like, Keith, stop. <laughs> but <laughs> Keith's just like busting his balls a little bit. You know, he's, Keith is a much more approachable guy than me. Like I, immediately when, when chicks come up and come talk to us at the stage, I immediately will turn my back. I'm like, I don't want to talk to you. Because here's what happened to me. Or, okay, um, let me finish the Stevie Wonder story because there's so many popping in my head right now. This guy comes up and he was like, "Yeah, I play a little guitar. You guys got an extra guitar?" And I was like, "I was like, nah, man. We, we don't really do that. We got a plan set tonight. No, thanks." I was like, "Nah, man. I was like, we got a show going on. Come on, like move." <laughs> and uh, he was like, "I played with Stevie Wonder, man." I was like, "Oh yeah, did you?" <laughs> and I was, I was messing with my dad, and I was like, "Yeah, it turns out that it was Stephen Wonder from uh, Nantucket, not, <laughs> not the real Stevie." Yeah, no, it was like, oh my god, I'm like, dude, what are you doing here? Do you think this is gonna be like your shot? This is gonna be the movie they make about your life now? I got up and played with these guys, and I yeah. immediately got signed to a record deal. Doesn't work like that, man. You get it. You want to have fun, but yeah. you know, you gotta gotta you gotta earn it. You Read know, the it's, room. It's not it's not easy to get yeah. to find a gig, especially nowadays. And you know, when you're just like jumping up, it's just yeah. like kind of like breaking things apart. I'll, I'll tell you one heckler story that I thought was hilarious. Hit me. 
I was playing with my buddy Justin Crimmins from college. He lives mm-hmm. down in Fort Myers. He plays with the coolest Hatchy Blues band. He's amazing, like Delta Blues man type nice. of style. I mean, he's great, and he's got a very unique voice, very and a good cool. songwriter. Very cool. And uh, he plays at this place called the 86 Room every Tuesday in downtown Fort Myers. And I'm down there, and we're jamming together, and he's got his full band. And, I mean, it's just we're really wailing and having a good time. And uh, we're playing like Sweet Home Chicago or some blues, I don't know, some blues standard with our own twist. And this woman comes up to us. She's probably like in her 30s. And she's like, can I play a song? Mm. And and we're just like, no. She's like, I want to sing a song. And then she grabs the mic. Nope. And she's totally trying to be Janis Joplin. And I have this whole thing on recording because we were doing please, an Instagram live. I will please t- send this It's to hilarious. Me. And my friend Justin, he's just no bars. We'll just straight up tell you, like, get the fuck off the get, stage. And, good. And, she's, and, and after we sing the song, which was totally out of key, she had a cool few cool growls but for every one she's she's saying like 50 bad notes you know totally japanese yeah, yeah, right. like, oh and, and anyway it sounded like she's like she's, girl was wasted and she's talking to my friend justin um guy has the same name and he, she's like hi um my name is christy and how about we play a song he's like my buddy Justin goes, uh, how, how, how about you go sit at the bar? <laughs> and she's like, a what? And, and she's like, listen, she's like, I'm here out of town and I'd love, he's like, please nope. go sit at the bar. And nope. she's like, no, no, no. He's like, no, no, Yoko, no, no. Yoko, no, no. Go sit at the bar. And fi- and then his dad at one point, who was coming out to visit because I was there, he comes out and you see him, he's like talking to his son. He's like, Justin, you got to take control of the situation. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like this is like thing is going on for a few minutes. And finally, one of her friends comes up and like, Christy, come on, let's go. She's like, please, just one song. Yeah. Just one song. And we're like, okay. And we just like, while she's like trying to do this, we're God, playing. Dude, and I, that, it was so funny. Uh, I'll send you the video. It was you, a classic, you have to. A classic Justin Crimmins you have moment. To. If you meet the guy, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. You have it's to, man. Funny that's, as hell. That's so funny. So one more thing before we go. Let me, yeah. just, let me just say this about the hecklers. And I don't know if you know this or not. I don't like to stereotype people at all, but here we go. I'm going to power uh, through it. The worst hecklers that I get are white chicks. Drunk white chicks. All the time. Every fucking time. Every time it's, it's an issue where it goes beyond like, no one has ever spoken to me like that. Yeah, like, that was one of those what? moments. Yeah. Guess what? Now I'm talking to you like this because you're in my fucking job. I'm not going to go sit behind you when you cut hair at Supercuts yeah. and go, hey, I think you missed a spot. Yeah. Okay? No. Yo, can I get like a celeb cut? Yeah, please? no. I'll tell you this too. This this shit really fucked me up. Okay, this typical like fucking dolled up hot chick in her early 20s was out there. Total box of hair. Total idiot. Just comes up. I got my back turned to the mic, so I'd be standing like in front of it. I'm going to the bar to get a drink. I'm on break. She comes up and grabs it like this and goes like, hey, like starts singing the song that was on the jukebox. Probably Friends in Low Places or Mr. Brightside or Brown Eyed Girl. Pick a fucking song. One of the white girl anthems. Okay. So she started doing that. She's like, why can't I hear myself? And I was like, I muted it. And she was like, I was like, can you get off of my shit, please? Yeah. She w- and she just looks at me. She goes, but do you hate it? Do you hate it? I was like, yeah, I hate it, and I hate you. Can you please go? <laughs> oh man! And she and you I, my buddy Justin, we get along perfectly. Yeah, I was gonna say, Seriously. I was like, Justin sounds like my kind yeah, of fucking guy. Yeah, I was like, is. I hate it and I hate you. Please go away. And then uh, earlier, I had overheard them saying like they're in town from Denver, so they're like, oh yeah, we have one more night in town, and then we gotta catch our flight. So as they were leaving, I go goodbye. Don't miss your flight. 
Because I'm like, please don't stay here any longer than you yeah. have to. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want you running into my friends and having them deal with this. <laughs> it's so bad, dude. But it's like, yeah, do you hate it? Yep, I sure do. She was she was awful. She left immediately after that. Because I'm like, buddy, can you get control of her? She's, she probably she probably talked so much. Oh, about she was you. like, he was such a dick. He wouldn't let me sing. Fuck Shut guy. the fuck up. I wouldn't let you sing. Go to a fucking karaoke bar, okay? Go to a karaoke bar and sing Don't Stop Believing. Well, we're going to have to edit this. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that, ladies. Um, yeah, but seriously, the drunk white chicks are absolutely the most prominent hecklers. And just to be fair and well-rounded, there are some really stupid drunk white guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Let's round this whole no. circle. Oh, no, no. I'm, and, not, I'm not discrediting oh, that. Oh, I know. I yeah. know. <laughs> For sure. They're even worse. Here's Okay. Final one I'll tell. Cause I no, don't please. I, this is nice. I'm gonna nice. I'm gonna blow the whole thing here. This like, is what all these stories do. that I've been saving. So this guy, this guy came up to me. I told this story the other night uh, at when I was at Harbor Bar after the Nona, which is a horrible idea to do on a Monday night. It so, totally sets the sets the tone for your week. Yeah. Harbor Bar on a Monday night basically says you're blacking out at some point this week, but you don't know when. <laughs> here we go. Uh, but it was fun. So this guy. This guy came up to us after our Dave show at the, our most recent one at the um, at Silver King. He comes up to us, and he goes, "Oh man, I love your sound, guys. Thank you. Thanks for playing." I was like, "Thank you. Thank you very much." Started off great. He goes, "Thank." I was like, "Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Thank you for being here." And he goes, "You know, you guys sound like that band. They're, you know, they're like an indie Irish folk band. What's the name of the band?" I was like, "I don't know." Figure it out before you come up and talk to us. He stood there for two minutes trying to think of the band name. In the middle of all our cables, and we're like unwinding, and goes, I was like, is it, Keith is like, oh, is it these guys? And I was like, he's like, no, it's, uh, I don't know, one of the guys has a brother in another band. I'm like, what are we doing here? Yeah. Can you get out of the way? Think of it, or look it up on your phone. You got a fucking phone in your pocket. Go do something about it. Like, we're sitting here staring at this guy like, are you going to come up with anything at all? Nothing. He had nothing. So we're like, okay, man, we're trying to get broken down. Like, let's move. <laughs> like, if you have something to say, don't come up and be like, hey, do you know that song that's like, uh, how's it go? Already done. Done. You had your five seconds. It's over. You, you, <laughs> drop, you drop something in the tip bucket. You go, hey, do you know any X? Boom. Yes, no, leave. And that's it. Unless you're nice. If you're nice, you can hang out. But if you're going to be doing this, like, don't, don't do that. It's insane. I could tell two stories for days, man. But yeah. also, but also, I am so fucking fortunate to do what I do, and I love yeah. what I do, and I love going hey, to do what I from, do. From a from a CPA who used to practice, <laughs> yeah. it's a lot. I, I will take a heckler any day over 100%. somebody calling you and yeah. saying, "Hey, I'm going to make a big problem out of something that will not turn out not to be a problem, yeah. and the person probably knows it's not going to be a big problem. And yeah, the next yeah. thing you know, you're working through the weekend yeah. on that problem, and yeah. then it gets to Monday, and it's like, oh, that actually really didn't matter. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's, uh, it's, putting, it's putting things into into it, different perspective. Yeah, I I do complain a lot because, like I said again, it's a character, guys. Okay, I don't actually, I'm not actually like this all the time. I just think it's funny sometimes to get this riled up. But I will say though, I I am so lucky to do what I do, and it really puts it in perspective when you get one of those good compliments where you're like, oh man, that that made my week. Oh yeah. You know, like yeah. I have, I sometimes I have friends, like recently. This is just a specific instance, but uh, Greg Hansen, if you're listening, 
Thank you, Greg. Uh, recently, I came home from one of the worst gigs I've ever had. Like, historically, one of the worst. I played a private party for three fucking hours out in Clearwater Beach. I got zero claps. I got tipped by two people, and I got, I got interrupted and, like, talked to in the middle of a song, like, screaming in my ear kind of thing, like, can you say happy birthday? Like, that kind of stuff. I'm like, yeah. Jesus Christ. So that whole thing happened. I'm like on the way home from the gig and I get a I get a message from Greg and it's a screenshot of him listening to my EP. He was like, This is great work, man. Been meaning to get around to it. Uh great stuff, like good job or whatever. Uh, sounds fire. good. And yeah. I was like It is good. By the way, like, check it out if you haven't before you dig is amazing. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for the plug. Uh <laughs> yeah. We're we're gonna be doing some new music soon. Hopefully by the time that this is out we'll have some singles to share with you guys, I hope. Um, but yeah, dude, like little stuff like that. Like when you have a shitty night, it all puts it in perspective where you're like, oh, you know what? I have done some cool stuff. Yeah. You know, it's not all bad. It can, it can seem like that at, at a time where like you're there like attacking people with entertainment that they just don't want. And it's just like a total bummer for them to even be there. But little, little stuff like that. So, and that's just, that's not to say that Greg's the only guy that that's, that's ever done that. You know, there's a ton of, ton of my friends that are super gracious and generous and you're one of those guys, man, you hype me up all the time and I love that. And we, we hype each other up too. Like yeah, I love yeah. your stuff and you know, you're a big fan of, of mine as well. And I really appreciate that. You come out to see me a lot more than I come out to see you and I need to, I need I have to, more time on my hands. I, my friend. <laughs> I need to come out and you're closer too. I gotta, I gotta I come am out. closer too. I gotta I come closer. out. I gotta come out and see it more though, man. But it's, it, yeah, the, the, Support your friends, man. These these ventures into musicianship are never easy, and it it just takes it just takes a second to be like, hey, man, you know, thinking about you, heard this song on the radio, you know, sounds like you, hope you're doing well, things like that, you know, like just just little stuff, man, that keeps us going through the day, because like a lot of the time, musicianship and and being a musician is a very lonely job a a lot of the time, you know, like, I mean. It's way I, different from the corporate world. Yeah, yeah. You you're surrounded by a lot of people all the time, and yeah. like you always, you're always around another voice, another face. But like for the most part, what I do today, if I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to Jasmine for maybe ten minutes uh, before tonight, and I'm sitting around here all day doing nothing, maybe writing a little bit, playing some Xbox, editing on the computer, you know, doing some stuff, trying to get booked. But for the most time, for the most part of the time, I spend a lot of it by myself. So it's. It's a it's a pretty lonely endeavor, you know. So that's why when you see a musician, man, and you know, you are appreciating what they're doing, go, let them know, you know, because a lot of us are our love languages, words of affirmation, if that's one of them, isn't it the one the the five love languages? I don't know. I was, words of affirmation, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, probably a lot of us love that. So um, yeah, thank you for thank you for supporting us, man. You got anything else before you go? You want to? Can you plug? Your stuff yeah, again, please. Yeah, it'd be great. And any shows coming up in like the springtime? I think this will be out. This yeah, will be out yeah. Then, so. All of our events are on our Facebook page at guavatrainofficial.com. Nice. That's or well, at guavatrainofficial is our tag for Facebook, and you find us like us on the events. You'll see all of our upcoming shows. Um, we'll be playing at Crooked Thumb, at Three Daughters, Trouble Waters Brewing. We play at the Nona Slice House a lot. Definitely check us out on Instagram and mm-hmm. follow us if you can mm-hmm. at Guava Train Official. It sounds very vain and it kind of is, but those follows and those likes, if you want to help out your musician friends, it's an easy way to go yeah, about man. it. Those the difference between yeah. you know five hundred versus a thousand followers it can yeah. can mean Huge. big money for us. Yeah. And yeah, and check us out and uh, you know if you have a song request or whatnot, um, please let us know and hopefully yeah. you you enjoy and. Only, we'll Bra- boogie. only Brazilian bossa nova requests. Yes. <laughs> we, we actually, the coolest gig we did before the pandemic 
we played a wedding down in Miami and oh, it was yeah, a Brazilian yeah, yeah. wedding and yeah, it was dude. freaking That's amazing. Dope. Yeah. It was, re- and we, and we really busted out the bossa nova. On Hell that yeah. one. It was great. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Well, thank you for being here, man. Thank you for yeah, talking. Thanks for having me, man. Beatles and hecklers. Thank you so much, man. This was a blast. Yeah, and thanks uh, for listening, everybody to listen. Yeah, dude. Thank, thank you guys for listening to both parts. Uh, this is the, the second part of our, our Beatles, uh, Beatles dive. Maybe we'll do we'll do Revolver or Abbey Road or yeah. some Lennon, some solo Lennon or McCartney or something like yeah. that sometime soon too. Um, I would love to love to do that again. This was a lot of fun, man. Um, thank you guys again for listening. As always, subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already. Please give it a share. Let your friends know about it. We're still growing here. We're building, but we're gonna get there. Um, Thank you for those of you who have already liked and uh, followed our Facebook and Instagram pages. That is the Scratch Track Podcast. Our Gmail is the Scratch Track Pod at Gmail. So if you want to send us an email, if you don't do the whole DM thing, our Gmail is that. And that way you can send us an email of what musicians you want to have on here, uh, who you think would be a good guest, what album you think would be good to dive into. And also, lastly, my name is Josh Plummer. I am a local musician around the area too. So if you haven't followed already, please do. Uh, Josh Plummer Music on Instagram and Josh Plummer Music on Facebook as well. And I got a little EP out. And hopefully by now, uh, Honey Eye, the single off of uh, The Elephant Rope, will be out soon. Whoops! I just said the title. Yikes. I, now we have to. Now we have to cut. Or not. Or maybe it'll be exposed. So that's the first single off of the album that'll be out soon. Um, So thank you guys for listening again. And this is Justin Rice. Make sure to follow him and go see the Guava Train. These guys put on a hell of a show. We will see you next time in a couple Thursdays. Bye.